We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall never surrender until in God's good time, the new world, with all its power and might, steps forth to the rescue and the liberation of people. In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. Today's show is very simple. It focuses on one simple question. Should you say, Merry Christmas? Or should you say, Happy Holidays during this Advent season? I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. Good morning and welcome to The Rebellion. Thank you for listening into the show. As I said in the introduction, today's topic is Merry Christmas or Happy Holidays. Which should you say? All of us are confronted with this on almost a daily basis right now. We're told, don't say Merry Christmas any longer because that's too religious. Just use the words Happy Holidays. That's more inclusive. That's more secular. You know, non-religious people can be greeted that way without offending them. That's the argument. In other words, the thought police are telling us what we can say and what we can't say in the public square. In fact, I was recently told of a story up in Indiana of this uh, culture wars issue playing itself out again during the Christmas season where a church in that area, in the northern Indianapolis area, actually submitted a commercial to a local theater You know, these commercials that play while you're sitting there waiting to watch your movie. And they submitted this commercial, and it included the passage, Come to Bethlehem and See. And the theater turned it down. They wouldn't allow that particular commercial to be played in their theater because, I I don't know, I guess it was too religious. Just because they were referencing the story of the shepherds being told to go to Bethlehem, come to Bethlehem and see Christ the newborn king. But it didn't even say that part of the verse. It didn't use that part of the Bible. It just said, go to Bethlehem, come to Bethlehem. It also quoted a psalm. So that's where we are again. We're having these culture wars, these debates in the public square, where the woke and the righteous are shutting down any ideas, any usage of words that they don't like. And one of the words they don't like, as we've known for a decade or more, is they don't like the word Christmas. We're supposed to say happy holidays instead. So that's the topic of today's show. Which should you say, Merry Christmas or Happy Holidays? And is the word Happy Holidays a less religious word than the word Merry Christmas? Are we being more inclusive when you say happy holiday? Is that true? Or is there something wrong with that logic? That's the discussion. That's today's show. And by the way, if you want to get this message in writing, I'm basically going to use my book, Grow Up, Life Isn't Safe But It's Good. There's a chapter in that book, and it's titled, Wish Everyone a Merry Christmas. And I explain why you should and why this is actually a redemptive story for all mankind. It's very inclusive. In fact, it's one of the most inclusive messages ever in the history of the human race. 
the history of the world. Let's take a break. When I get back, we're going to talk about words, words like Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. And I'm going to wrap it up with an encouragement to you that in spite of all the junk that we're dealing with today, this barrage of negative news that you see every time you pick up your smartphone, your laptop, or turn on the TV or the radio, that we need not lose hope. That it's not always winter, but never Christmas. That cold winds should not overwhelm us. That there is a solution. There is something we can believe in in the midst of the battle. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. Let's take a break, and I'll be right back in a couple minutes. In 1978, George and Kate Tedford set out to protect Oklahoma businesses better. Today, their son and our CEO, Mark Tedford, is excited to carry on his family's legacy. Professional liability, compliance, property, workers' comp, health and life. Tedford Insurance's dedicated team gives you access to the nation's largest insurance providers, negotiates the best rates, and protects their own legacy like no one else. Call 918-299-2345 or tedfordinsurance.com. The Patriot Auto Group, locally owned and operated. The Patriot family of dealerships takes great pride in supporting the communities we serve throughout the great state of Oklahoma. The Patriot Auto Group's charitable work has been recognized throughout Oklahoma. Whether it's visiting one of our local dealerships or simply shopping and buying online with our doorstep delivery, the Patriot Auto Group takes the stress out of buying a new or used vehicle. And every purchase comes with our exclusive peace of mind, Patriot Pledge. You get engines for life, plus one year maintenance and 10 full years of roadside assistance, plus so much more. Sure, we can sell you a car, but supporting our community and lending a hand to our neighbors in need? Sold. The Patriot Auto Group, proud Oklahomans in the communities we serve. Okay, welcome back to the Rebellion. Well, I've said it over and over again. You've heard me say it a thousand times on the show, and I'm going to say it one more time. Words mean something. Words have definitions, right? And definitions always matter. Here's something that Aristotle said. He said, how many a dispute could have been deflated into a single paragraph if the disputants had dared to define their terms? What's Aristotle saying? Arguments could be short-lived. They could be solved very, very quickly if we just agreed to the definition of our words. If we don't understand our words, their meaning can be manipulated. We know that now. We, we, don't, even, we don't even agree on the definition of men and women any longer. And I'm arguing that we don't even agree on the definition of what a child is any longer. This grooming movement ignores the innocence of children. We're dumbing down the definition of words. Men and women, children. Gay used to mean happy and joyful, and now it means sexual license. I could go on and on. Green used to be a color, and now it's essentially defined as a political movement that tells you what you can drive, what you can eat, shutting down farmers making us dependent on other countries for our energy and whatnot. So I could go on and on giving you a list of words, but the point is this. Our words are being twisted and manipulated constantly, and sometimes uh, to express the exact opposite meaning and definition of what their original intent was. I think the perfect example of that is gay. The original intent was joy and happiness. 
purpose, um, being surprised by joy, like C.S. Lewis tells us. Uh, now it's doesn't even come close to meaning that. Now it's this uh, being governed by your libido, your desires, your passions, your proclivities, your inclinations are now your identity. Isn't that the opposite of joy? Isn't that the opposite of the original meaning of the word gay? So the this manipulation of words is taking place, and I would argue uh, the words Merry Christmas and this argument that we should replace those two words with two other words, Happy Holidays. Uh, we're told that Happy Holidays includes everyone. It's more inclusive greeting. It's less religious, and it's more acceptable in the multicultural climate of our day. But here's my point. If you just examine this a little closer, you'll see that this politically correct policing of ideas by the woke and the righteous, the cancel culture, the fact checkers, they don't know what they're talking about. This lack of knowledge is driving their personal agenda. I would argue even even their religious agenda, and I'll explain that in a second. So, in other words, the thought police are clueless. Let's just look at the word holiday, for example. What does it mean? It might seem obvious if you just think about it for a second. Holiday is a combination of two words. And what are those two words? Holy day. You probably know where I'm going with this right now. Okay, so the argument of those attempting to secularize the Christmas season by calling it a holiday is obviously absurd. You're not secularizing anything by calling it a holy day, are you? Holy is a religious word, and it means something that is sacred. Holy means sacred. It means that it's set apart for God. Anything that's holy is something that must be preserved and kept whole for God. Something that is holy is sanctified. It's righteous. It's pure. If something is holy, it means that it's uncompromised by sin, and it's held sacred, special, by God and for God. So holy is a religious word, right? You could argue it's just as religious as any other word. Well, what's the second word? Is that a religious word? Well, I'll argue that it is. The word day is religious. Why? Because day refers to a 24-hour period of time. Day is the acknowledgement of what? past, present, and future. Day is the awareness of the clock. Animals don't have any concept of day, 24 hours, the clock, the past, present, and future. Your dog doesn't think that way. Your cows, your horses don't think that way. Knowing that the minutes and hours are passing are ultimately a God-given gift to human beings. Because human beings made in the image of God, the Imago Dei, understand longevity and brevity, we understand our lives very different than the rest of creation's tr creation. Trees don't have any concept of day. Bugs don't have any concept of day. Neither do the more sentient animals, such as your pets that you hold dear. You love them, but they don't think the way you do. And anybody who would argue differently isn't paying attention to your pets. So the understanding of the brevity of life is found in the human being, in the Imago Dei. And it's also written about in the Bible. For example, James writes, what is your life? You are a myth, a mist, excuse me. You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Do you think your dog thinks that way? No. 
And the psalmist writes these words, Show me, Lord, my life's end, and the number of my days. Let me know how fleeting my life is. You have made my days a mere handbreadth. The span of my years is nothing before you. Everyone is but a breath, even those who seem secure. That's the psalmist. So he's talking about our awareness of day, of time, past, present, and future. Self-limitation comes with the understanding of a day, the understanding that our days are numbered, yesterday's memories, today's responsibilities, tomorrow's dreams. Okay, this is all within the concept of the definition of the word day. Made in the image of God, human beings stand alone in our awareness of time and the divine dictate that this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. We alone, human beings alone, out of all God's creatures, are obligated to keep our days holy. So you see where I'm going with this. Um, the wisdom, if you will, of those who wish to take Christ out of Christmas is flawed by their choice of using happy holidays. <laughs> I would even say the word happy is a religious word because happy is the exact opposite of hapless. Hapless is without purpose, without any direction, without any understanding of meaning. Happy implies the exact opposite. You have purpose. You understand that you're different, special, and that you're endowed by your creator with a purpose. You're, you're put here for a reason. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it um, for such a time as this. You're placed here, as Esther said. I could go on and on with that. So it's ironic that these wise folks in our secularized culture actually demanding, it's ironic that they demand that we use less religious words like Christmas in favor of even a, you could argue just as religious, if not more religious, a word like holiday. So don't let people tell you what you can think. You have freedom you have freedom to think. You have freedom to say what you want to say, think what you want to think. Uh, ultimately, you have freedom to believe in holidays, holy days, and you have freedom to believe in Christmas, Christ's Mass. These cultural gods, um, these poster children, for a new religion really is what it is because they're elevating themselves to fill a vacuum that they've created They've taken God out, they've tried to kill him, and that vacuum is filled by themselves as a bunch of little gods. Their ill-informed efforts to remo remove a sacred day from our calendar, Christmas, they're actually using language that's just as sacred, and it basically worships themselves. Um, so let's talk about belief. Okay, The words we use express what we believe to be true and false. We all have to believe in something something more than ourselves, ultimately, I would argue, because when our self is the end-all and be-all of our belief system, it becomes very ugly and very depressing. We don't have purpose any longer. We're not happy. We become hapless. A person without God is a per person that ultimately, ultimately believes he is God. Uh, the vacuum is always filled. I just said that. Kill God and you'll fill the void with yourself as God. No human being can live without some feeling of purpose and definition. So if there is no God, you'll always create one, is my point here. If there is no Christmas, you'll always have your mass. Your mass. If, if the mass, if the time, if the worship period, if the ceremony, if the service 
isn't about you, excuse me, isn't about God, then you'll ultimately make it about you. If there is no God, you'll always create one. And the problem is here, we make some very poor gods. Again, I love Chesterton's quotes, and here's another one. Of all the horrible religions, the most horrible is the worship of the God within. So again, kill God, and you're going to find another one. And the one you find is not going to be real. It's going to be fake. Ultimately, it will be you. And you make a pretty lousy God. There's a God-shaped vacuum, Pascal alluded to that. And if you don't fill that vacuum with God, the basic principle is that it will always be filled by something else. Vacuums are always filled. Uh, there's no ideological or moral neutrality. Nothing is perpetually neutral. All vacuums will be filled. And these high priests of post-modernity, these woke and righteous folk, they scoff at the thought of something being beyond the here and now, the material, the temporal, their physical passions, and etc. Uh, but they, while they scoff at that, they choose religious words that are just as exclusive as anything else because their religion is palpable. It's a new religion. It's a religion of self. As I've said many times on the show, it's a religion of the God they see in the mirror rather than the God that's shown to us and revealed to us in the Bible. So they believe in God. They just believe in small little gods because they won't accept the fact that there's a bigger God than themselves. So here's, here's where I want to go with the rest of the show. You can choose to define your words, Christmas, Christmas, or you can take Christ out and you can put yourself in there and make the Mass about you. You can choose to say Happy Holidays, but when you do, you've got to realize that you're celebrating a holy day. And holy days acknowledge, number one, that human beings are different. You understand time. You understand limitation. You understand that there is life and death, something animals don't understand. And you also understand that those days should be holy. They should be sanctified, set apart, because you've got to do something with them. Because they're limited, they're special. They're they're never re- you can't ever get them back. So this implies that we've got to believe something. In fact, all of us have to believe. You, you can believe that there is a God, or you can believe that there isn't a God. You can believe that God is God, or you can believe that you are God. You can believe in objective purpose and meaning, or you can believe in nothing, that nothing has purpose or meaning. You can choose what to believe. I can't force you. But here's the thing. Jesus told his disciples how to find purpose and meaning and peace. He said, don't let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. So, in his last days before the crucifixion, Christ prepared his followers for what was to come. He, he reminded them that they believed and that what they believed in would help them endure the crisis. So he's asking them a rhetorical question. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. So in other words, when he said, who do you say I am, which he asked, he's kind of saying, well, what do you believe in? Another way to ask the question would be, do you believe 
in Christmas? Do you believe in Christ's Mass? Do you believe that this service, this sanctuary, this time of coming together, not only on Sundays in church, but in all days, those 24-hour periods when you come together in worship, worship of something, either the God in the mirror or the God that's bigger than you. What do you believe in? Do you believe it's Christ's Mass? Do you believe this service, this ceremony on earth, this day, is Christ's or it's just going to be defined by you? Do you believe in Christmas? So Christmas brings us back to the place where we're reminded of hope, peace on earth, and goodwill toward men, of joy to the world, of silent night, of holy night, of the first Noel. When you say Merry Christmas, you're not simply expressing a pleasantry or expressing you know, your worldview. By saying Merry Christmas, you're reflecting a belief system that is central to who you are. The times we're in are very disturbing and dark. I hinted at that earlier. It's like that C.S. Lewis analogy. It's always winter but never Christmas. Winter's night. You're fearful and cold. You shiver. You shelter yourself from the freezing winds of the nightly news. You feel like it's just always the storm, the blizzard, but it's never the beauty and the warmth of Christmas. One scandal and catastrophe after another. But in the face of all of this junk, of all this garbage, of all these cold winds, if you will, these cold winter winds, perhaps we should all remember the news of long ago when light shone on the hills in Bethlehem. And there was a new song, Do Not Be Afraid. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. And on that night, a very cold winter night, the blizzard, the chill began to melt away. And Christmas, Christ's Mass, sprang alive in a stable under the stars. And the human race, the Imago Dei, was challenged to believe, to believe in Bethlehem. Believe in Christ's Mass. Believe in holy days. They were challenged to believe that the Bible is true, that it's inspired, it's not constructed, that it's accurate, not relative, that it's not to be added to or subtracted from, that it's to be hidden in your heart and proclaimed with your mouth, that the Bible is given by inspiration and breathed out by God himself. It's inerrant, it's infallible, it's authoritative, it's the written word of God. It guides you in all matters of faith and learning and living. It's the measuring rod of those things outside being measured. It's the only thing that allows you to measure life. You need to believe in the Bible. You need to believe in practicing what it says, practicing wisdom. Our, our actions should match our words. We shouldn't be hypocrites. We should practice what we pe preach be men and women of integrity. We should work out our faith with fear and trembling. We should recognize that Jesus himself said, if you love me, you will obey me. And what good, James says, if you call him Lord and don't do what he says. Show, your, show me your faith without deeds and I'll show you my faith by what I do. James. Or as Dietrich Bonhoeffer said, only he who believes is obedient, and only he who is obedient believes. So believe in the Bible. Believe in practicing what it says. 
behave in accordance with your belief. Another thing you can believe in, in this Christmas season, these holy days, believe in truth, the logos, the, the Tao, the natural law, the revelation of God. Understand that there are self-evident truths, and you can't deny them. That such truths are revealed by God, they're not made up by you. It's not a matter of feelings, it's a matter of facts. Truth is objective, it's attainable, it's immutable, it's constant. Truth gives salvation to the damned, and it frees the slaves. You should pursue that truth unapologetically. And wherever it leads, be confident in the words of Jesus. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Believe in another thing. Believe in Christmas. Believe in Christ's Mass. It's not Buddha's Mass. It's not Muhammad's Mass. It's not Hare Krishna's Mass. It's not Pelosi's, Joe Biden's, yours or mine. It's not any of our masses. It's Christ's Mass. It's Christmas. And we can commercialize it, homogenize it, politicize it, or compromise it. But the bottom line at the end of the day is this. Words mean something. And the word Christ's Mass, Christmas, means that you can believe in the primacy of Jesus Christ. That he is the beginning and the end. The way, the truth, and the life. The great I am. The word made flesh and dwelling among us. Emmanuel. God with us. Your Savior and your King, your Lord and your God, the line of Judah, the Lamb of God, your Redeemer, your guide and your peace and your joy and your comfort and your life and your light. You can believe that he is risen and incarnate, the Son of God, the Alpha and Omega. The, the lens that you look through life, through which you look through life, and the Lord of our daily lives. Believe that Christ is who he said he is. He, he is the great I am. He said that seven times over in the Gospel of John. Did you know that? I am. And what was he saying when he made that declaration? I am is the Jewish understanding of God. I am who I am. I'm not past. I'm not present. I'm not future. I'm constant. For God transcends time. He transcends days. He's eternal. Jesus said, I am, seven times in the Gospel of John. Jesus is the light of the world. He's the good shepherd. He's the door. He's the resurrection and the life. He's the bread of life. He's the true vine. All these are definitions of Jesus Christ, Christ's Mass. So you can say Christ's Mass, Christmas, Merry Christmas. Or you can say Happy Holidays, Happy Holy Days. Say both. Don't let people tell you what to say. But recognize that when you use words, they have definition, they have meaning, they have purpose, they have direction. They're filling the vacuum of the lack of definition and clarity in your lives. That's why we use words. Recognize that there is going to be a God at the end of the day in your life. And that if you try to kill God with a capital G, you're going to fill that vacuum with a bunch of lowercase g gods, primarily the one that you admire the most, and that's yourself. And I'm going to argue you make a pretty lousy god. And don't we see that in the daily news right now? We're sick and tired of a bunch of people acting like they're gods over our lives and telling us how to live and what to do. 
And the only way that can be corrected is to recognize that there is a bigger and better God than what we can make up in our selfishness and immaturity. And that bigger and better and that only real God is found in the great I am. The great God, only God, the one true God that was born in a manger, incarnated himself into human history. The word, eternal word, without which nothing was created, condescended and became human so that he could die in our place as a propitiation for our sins and give us an opportunity to spend eternity with him. So, as we go to about the midway point of the Advent season of 2022, believe in the primacy of Christ, believe in the priority of Scripture, believe in the pursuit of truth, believe in the practice of wisdom, believe what the song of songs tells us. See, the winter is past, the rains are over and gone, flowers appear on the earth, the season is singing, of singing has come. Believe in Christmas, believe in God because you are not God. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Merry Christmas, happy holidays, long live the true king. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion.